close relationship with them and want to know how to achieve it. Here's your host, Ivory Lanoue, renowned angel communicator. Do you want to know more about angels? Are you ready to level up your spiritual journey? Then you are going to love my inner circle and Patreon. Membership includes great benefits like virtual workshops, mentoring programs, topical videos, interesting posts, a supportive, like-minded community, discounted sessions with me, and access to a library of videos and posts on topics you care about like angels, spirituality, healing, and personal growth. Join and begin your spiritual expansion today. That's the Angel Room Inner Circle on Patreon. Thanks for joining me here today. I'm Ivory, and the topic today is elementals. I'll be telling you more about that. First, I want to say hello to my listeners in Dublin, Ireland. I'll confess that is the top of my list for my next place to visit, and I am in the works of planning a visit there. So I'm so loving that the people in Ireland are listening, and I appreciate that. It means a lot to me. I've been a Celtic singer for a long time. And my mother is Irish. So yeah, I want to visit. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. So today I'm talking about elementals. And just to tell you, these spirits don't just exist in etheric form, but they have an embodied form on earth as well. They exist in a different dimension than we do and have access to other dimensions, but they are earth beings just as we are. Uh, You might be wondering, why is Ivory talking about elementals? Because several people requested this topic, and I like to make sure that I'm talking about things my listeners want to hear about. So here you go. So to be very clear, here is a list of some elemental beings. Fairies, also known as the Fae, elves, gnomes, dwarfs, the wee folk, leprechauns, plant spirits, water sprites, and mermaids. There's more. But uh, let's talk about their appearance. Uh, They tend to be quite childlike, playful, and appear in different vibrations and forms. I I heard, you know, now I've had a couple experiences. I talked about the, the fairy thing on my episode about that. But I've heard that they really don't look too much like the Disneyland versions. So just be aware of that. They can appear differently to each person because you're filtering it through your own personal lens. Some are very shy, some hide behind a mushroom or a bush. And the person receiving the the knowledge that they're there, they could even be behind your leg. So uh, I'm not going to talk a lot about fairies today because I did do an entire episode about them. So just they're there. They're important. They're They're very popular. But I'm going to talk about two types of elementals today. One is elves and one is gnomes. So we're going to start with elves. In Germanic folklore, originally an elf was a spirit of any kind, later specialized into being a diminutive creature, usually in tiny human form. Some classified elves as light elves who were fair and dark elves who were darker than pitch is how they were described. These classifications are roughly equivalent to the Scottish Seelie Court and Unseelie Court. 
The notable characteristics of elves were mischief and volatility. Sounds fabulous. They're sort of like, they're like the poltergeists of the, of the elemental world. They were believed at various times and in various reasons to cause diseases in humans and cattle, to sit upon the breast of a sleeper and give them bad dreams. The German word for nightmare is Alptrucken, which translates literally to elf pressure. They were thought to steal human children and substitute changelings, which are deformed or weak elf or fairy children. Originally, North North can't get this out. Norse mythology saw elves as being large and human-sized, even. And Scandinavian folklore told of beautiful elven women who had a youthful appearance but would be hollow when you saw them from the back. In Scandinavian folktales, most elves were seen to be fair and youthful, although some could appear to be old women. In the British Isles, flint implements called elf bolts, elf arrows, and elf shot, which are now known to be prehistoric tools used by Aboriginal Irish and the early Scots, they were believed to be the weapons with which elves injured cattle. We know that a lot of this is mythology. A lot of this is folklore. But there's a lot of people in the world who believe in this and have had experiences. Um, elves occasionally were also benevolent and helpful. The second edition of Encyclopedia Britannica, which was published in late 1700s, calls the word elf to obsolete, but reports that belief in such creatures still subsists in many parts of our own country. In the highlands of Scotland, newborn children are watched till the christening is over, lest they should be stolen or changed by some of these fantastical existences. If you're like me and you like watching Outlander, there was an, a big a whole storyline in there about they thought Claire was was leaving a baby in the woods and that it was a changeling. It was just a mess, but it, you kind of get to see it play out. In times, elves came to be indistinguishable from fairies to a great deal, but kind of like um, there's some classics like Lord of the Rings that still treat elves as a distinct type. While some elves were benevolent, often they were volatile troublemakers Illnesses, both human and animal, were often pinned on elves, as were bad dreams. Supposedly, elves caused them by sitting on the sleeper. While helpful elves sometimes worked their way into mythology, early elves were definitely a far cry from those cheery toy manufacturers that came to dominate Christmas time. In Scandinavian mythology, elves are typically portrayed as powerful supernatural beings. And they often used music and dancing to enchant and ensnare humans. This is like in the story of the elf woman and Sir Olaf. In the tale, a knight stumbles into the elf world the day before his wedding, and he encounters elf maidens dancing. He's asked to join the dance, but he refuses. As a result, he dies, although the ending differs in the story's many variations. There's another ballad called... Elvahai that has a happier ending. Elf maidens attempt to draw him into dances that would permanently bind him to the elf world, but they're ultimately unsuccessful. The elves in North Norse mythology were called the Alfar, and they were believed to cause illness, have strong magic, and be very beautiful. 
Elves were very popular in English fiction after the medieval period, where they were often considered to be a type of fairy and very often seen as mischievous pranksters. So what about elves and aging? How does that work? I think that Lord of the Rings has really um, put an image in our head of what elves are and what their lives are like. Uh, It's traditionally understood that although elves reach physical maturity about the same age as humans, the elven understanding of adulthood goes beyond physical growth and age to encompass worldly experience. So an elf typically claims adulthood and an adult name around the age of 100 and can live to be 750 years old. Their powers, what somebody asked me, can you talk about their powers? Sure. So it's said that elves had two powers. One is magic, that the elves could control certain abilities by will, and to many it is considered magic. Um, Energy constructs, which is, so actually three, the ability to craft tools, objects, weapons, or other items out of ambient energy. That is a handy-dandy little power. And the third one is called elementum kinesis. That's a mouthful. The ability to manipulate all elements even void through a wall. Hmm. What are their moods? What are they like? What's their personality? Well, elves tend to be very creative people. I shouldn't say people, very creative beings. And sometimes creative types tend to be very emotional. They can be volatile emotionally because they feel things so deeply. Sometimes their anger gets expressed loudly or even dangerously. Elves have been known to throw things and pound things and crash things when they get mad. It makes you think about those random noises in your house a little differently, doesn't it? I kind of accumulated this list of fun facts that I just think you might find interesting. In Iceland, half of the residents believe in the existence of elf-like creatures. As part of the the country's history, elves have played a part in the cultural fabric of that place for ages. Their lore is woven into the magic of the land where they are as much a part of the unseen universe as they are a part of nature itself, even inspiring road and building developers to respect the habitats of elves. These creatures are called helftafolk, which means hidden people in some cultures. In mythologies and literature, elves actually looked more like what we consider trolls and ogres to look like now, not cute, not Elves are understood to live under rocks and hills and walls, and they come out to play in the daylight. But even if mythology makes them sound a little scary, just know that overall they're known to be mischievous at times, but not malevolent. References to the word Alfar, again, which means elf, first appeared in Iceland in Viking era poems that dated back to around 1000 AD. So Elves have been around a long time in our history and mythology. The oldest reference to elves is from Indian mythology. There's a guy named Vladimir Hofstein, who's a folklorist and a professor, and he wrote that their economy of elves is much the same as ours. The hidden people have livestock, cut hay, row boats, hunt, pick berries. So it sounds like a very similar economy. Icelanders believe that elves are very territorial and that disturbing their homes and special places can lead to mayhem for those creating the disturbance. 
Disturbing the elves' homes and churches can agitate their fiercely territorial side. Machines break or stop operating without explanation. Then perhaps a worker sprains an ankle or breaks a leg. In older stories, sheep, cows, and people can fall ill and even die. So there you go with elves. Now you know a lot more about elves. Let's move on to gnomes. I'm going to confess to you, I actually love gnomes. I have quite a few of them in my house, in my yard. They're hidden away like under trees and shrubs. Um, The traditional gnome is closely linked to the mythology of the classical elements, earth, fire, water, and air. And they're said to be the nocturnal protectors of the earth. You're going to hear a lot more about their earth connection. Gnomes are generally considered harmless but mischievous, and they may bite with sharp teeth. That doesn't sound fun. Most gnomes are described as little old men, no more than three feet high. They usually have a long, white, or gray beard, and they were typical Scandinavian colors like brown, navy, or gray. Some of these traditional figures have bright red caps on their heads. I always wonder, do they have little pointed heads under those caps? You know, I, I don't know. Can't find that information. I did look. Deep in the forest of some of our most beloved and charming fairy tales, you'll find fascinating these humanoid creatures who are short in stature, rotund in girth, and cheerful by nature. These are gnomes, dwellers of the earth, protectors of crops, flowers, and treasure. They were thought to provide protection for buried treasure, minerals in the ground, and to watch over crops and livestock. Farmers believed that these whimsical characters with some magical abilities could help their fields yield more produce, protect them from pests, and keep thieves away. Gnomes have been even known to go as far as helping or being protective over humans they consider to be very special or even their whole family. They rarely speak to humans as they view humans as having a lesser intellect and generally being selfish. So hmm, there we go. Now we've been put in our place, right? We've been schooled by the gnomes. Um, one thing to think about is how the popularity of having little statues of gnomes in the yard. It wanes, it flows. I don't care. I like gnomes. But you can understand like it began as a way of like a charm, a protection, a safety for your property, your family, your pets, your gardens, your fields and crops. Um I just personally think they're adorable and like them. So here are some fun facts about gnomes, some random facts that I gathered up for you. Gnomes are known to rub noses in both greetings and goodbyes. They've got a little Eskimo in them. As they are a sign of lucky charm, it is considered as bad luck to break a gnome or ill-treat them. And that's talking about the gnome statues. Now, the actual gnomes have a special language to communicate called gnomish. They're also known as Nisa in Norway and Denmark. Gnomes are believed to live for about 400 years. They're industrious, kind, and wise. And let's go back to that living for 400 years. I can kind of understand why they might see us as being lesser intellect. Few of us live to 100. If they live to 400 is their more normal lifespan, That's a lot of experience and wisdom that they've gathered. Family is important to gnomes. They are almost always merry, happy little things. Female gnomes are thought to give birth only once, 
and usually it's twins. At night, what they do is they love to talk to each other, hang out, they eat, they play, they do many things humans do, and then during the day, they sleep. What do gnomes eat? These are questions that I doubt have been burning in your mind, but now you're going to know the information. Gnomes are generally vegetarian, and they eat foods like nuts, mushrooms, peas, beans, potatoes, applesauce, fruit, berries, tubers, spices, and for dessert, they like preserves. Here's one thing I thought was so cute. They like to drink mead dew made from fermented honey, fermented raspberries, and spiced gin as a nightcap. So apparently, they are little party animals, these gnomes. Their society is based on art. All gnomes must take up some form of art, whether it's music, painting, cooking, building, or any other form of art that's considered creative by the time they come of age. That's when it must be done. Gnomes who leave their home to seek an adventurous life are very rare, given the race's famed shyness and lack of ambition. It kind of reminds me of um, some of the, like the shires with the hobbits, how they pretty much stayed in their shire and, and they just did their thing and did what generations before had done. And yes, I know that is from a story and a movie, but it did make me think of that. So some of you might be curious about how to attract gnomes. And maybe some of you are like, I never gave it a thought, but here you go. Gnomes are attracted to shiny things like sparkling gems or any colorful object like a flag or a pinwheel. They like anything that reflects light. It's very attractive to them. They like a gazing ball, which helps them to see through it into the dark corners of your garden. And they enjoy uh, soft, soothing music, can also tempt them for a visitor to stay. So be sure to add a nice wind chime or two. I actually play my harp in my, on my front porch or on my back patio quite frequently. If there are gnomes present, I, I hope they enjoy it. Um, we are out of time for this here today. So I'm going to continue this over on my Patreon. Remember that you can join for free for seven days and see everything posted there, which is videos, classes, articles, and also the podcast and the extensions are there. You can also join as a free member and have some limited access. I just don't want to make it so that anybody who wants to enjoy it can enjoy it on some level, no matter what your financial situation is. So hopefully this was an enlightening episode for you. And if you want to know more, join me over on Patreon. And in the meantime, tune in next Sunday. The topic is calling in angels. And that will be calling them in for yourself or for other people, how to do it, times that's appropriate to do that, what to expect when you do that, things that will help you with the process. I like helping you with your angelic guidance and your angelic connection. So in the meantime, may your angels surround you. May your angels protect you every moment, every day. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Angel Room with Ivory Lanoue. Tune in next Sunday at noon Arizona time for another enlightening episode.